Hello and welcome to the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Ian Huritz, and today we continue our team preview series with a look at the Jacksonville Jaguars. If you haven't already, please check out our completed NFC and AFC North Fantasy Football team previews. We're going through all 32 teams between now and week one. So without further ado, your 2020 Jacksonville Jaguars Fantasy Football team preview. It all starts with the man, Minshew Mania. Mr. Mustache, if you want to call him, Gardner Minshew. This dude was an above-average QB in almost every single metric other than just raw completion rate last season. I mean, PFF's number 10-rated QB under pressure, number one highest-rated passer when throwing the ball at least 20 yards downfield. That's right. He was the only man more efficient than Patrick Mahomes when when chucking the rock deep. So, truly, just all you could ever hope for from a rookie last season, and that's why he's getting the chance to be the starter this year. And look, I mean, adjusted yards per attempt is one of my favorite stats. It just incorporates touchdowns and interceptions into your usual how many yards you gain per pass attempt. And, you know, among rookie QBs, these are the only guys that average more adjusted yards per attempt as a rookie than Minshew. Dak Prescott, RG3, Ben Roethlisberger, Russell Wilson, Nick Mullins, Matt Ryan, Baker Mayfield, and Marcus Mariota. Is there a chance that Minshew turns more into Mariota or RG3 than Russ or Dak? Like, absolutely. We don't know yet. But regardless, the guy had a great rookie season, and particularly from a fantasy perspective, because we got that elusive rushing floor that we're always looking for in our QB. Dude was fifth in rushing yards behind only four other QBs. I mean, Lamar, Kyler, Josh Allen. The guy had such a high floor, and they were all on scrambles. Like, he is not a statue. He has, you know, a Ryan Fitzpatrick YOLO ball. I'm going to scramble and still look to throw downfield most of the time type mindset. I mean, every single rushing yard he gained last year was on a scramble. So I would not be shocked if this is, you know, far less far less of a sign of future rushing production as opposed to someone like Josh Allen or Kyler Murray that is consistently, you know, getting designed rushing looks. But either way, we know we don't have a statue in the pocket. The guy can get off script. He's going to need to probably behind that offensive line this season. Look, Arrow's pointing up a Gardner. It's not the best scenario, but again, there is this 2019 Dolphins vibe I'm getting from this team where, no, they're not going to be good, but Minshew might be good enough to make them entertainingly bad. And that's what we got to hope for with this Jaguars team. Moving on the backfield. Leonard Fournette, everyone. I mean, this was my number one, I think you should fade him relative to ADP uh, running back in my uh, article I put out a couple weeks ago. And it's, I understand the touches were there and the volumes there and fantasy football. We want to follow that volume. I mean, only Zeke and McCaffrey had more touches than Leonard Fournette last year. Through the pass game, it was just ridiculous. I don't think anyone really saw this sort of pass game usage coming to, to this high of an extent. I mean, only McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, and Tariq Cohen had more targets than Fournette. Obviously, those targets were not, they should not have been going to Fournette. Only Tariq had a worse yards per attempt efficiency metric than Fournette among 38 dudes with at least 100 targets last season. I mean, it was not a good idea to throw the ball to Fournette. They kept checking the ball down to him. A lot of that did come in Nick Foles' starts as well. But however you want to put it, I mean, Fournette scored three touchdowns on 341 touches, and it didn't even matter. He finishes the PPR RB7 because volume is that important in fantasy football. 
I don't think the targets are going to come, though. I think if your target projection for Fournette is even 50 next season, I think that is just far too high. They added, one, Jay Gruden to now run the offense, and two, Jay Gruden's seemingly only BFF in this world, Chris Thompson, the uh, Washington football team's longtime scat back running back. And it's I don't think people realize, like, yes, Thompson is a pass down back, but he is true was truly last year being used as, like, a number one pass game option type of pass down back. Only Austin Eckler and Christian McCaffrey had more targets than Chris Thompson in weeks one through five before Jay Gruden was fired last season. Just madness. Like, I don't see how we got Ryquel Armstead there and, of course, the, you know, Davina Zigbo. There's some random truthers out there. Maybe you're listening to this pod. There's guys there, and Fournette has continuously seemed to piss off this front office, rightfully or wrongly. I mean, there's so many players with Yannick, Ramsey. Uh, it seemed like, boy, I didn't exactly leave on great terms. It just seems like every good player that's you know wants to kind of get a second contract from this team, other than Miles Jack, is just being kind of left in the dust with this front office. You know, they dangled him for trade talks this offseason. It's just a situation where there's enough front office turmoil there's enough potential for real-life workload reg- regression. And I just don't think we've seen all that great of a, you know, real-life football player to have me spending, you know, a third-round pick on Fournette in upcoming drafts. They're just running backs, I think, in safer situations with safer touch floors and more upside. So generally, I am staying away from Fournette at his cost. I would much rather get a baller wide receiver at that point. Moving on to wide receivers, speaking of them, uh, DJ Chark. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm drafting DJ Chark ahead of Leonard Fournette, all else equal, in fantasy football this year. I think Chark is one of few wide receivers that is the undisputed number one pass game option in their entire offense. I mean, this guy had 97 targets in 14 games with Minshew last season. D.D. Westbrook at 86 was the next closest guy. I mean, Chark, he's kind of, some people call him a breakout candidate for this year. Guy had 73 catches for 1,008 yards and eight tutties last year. I mean, that's hardly the look of a guy yet to break out. He's an alpha. He's got size speed. He is fun to watch. His yak ability after the catch is wild. I mean, he's the type of big-bodied talent that also has the athleticism still, you know, have a full route tree and make things happen. So very excited to see what Chark can do in year three. Uh, D.D. Westbrook, you know, 2016 Belitnikoff winner, took a step back last season. I think his spot in three wide receiver sets is most at risk of being lost to second rounder LaVisca Chenault. And uh, LaVisca had a bunch of people uh, tell me to really watch this guy's highlights because uh, he's gotten some Cordero, Cordero Patterson comps uh, over the offseason. But He's fun. He's fun after the ball. Honestly, he's almost got like an Alvin Kamara smoothness to him, even though he plays uh, wide receiver. I mean, just a bunch of kind of shorter, uh, you know, pop passes and stuff like that that he was getting. A bunch of wildcat snaps, too. I mean, the guy's electric with the ball in his hands. Wouldn't be shocked if we see a situation like we did with Chark where he more or less redshirts his first season with the Jaguars. They already have three pretty good wide receivers. Maybe it's like you know, 20 to 30 design touches throughout the season, more of like a Miko Hardman type situation. I think the talent's there. There's some injury concerns. There's, you know, he was named as going into the draft as, you know, a potential big bust among, uh, you know, some random and anonymous NFL uh, analysts and front office people. But, hey, 
You know, this yak ability, we saw how far it got AJ Brown, Debo Samuel next year, uh, last year. If, Jay, if you know, if we turn on week one and Jay Gruden clearly has a plan with Chanel and the guy's going to get five design touches per game and maybe extra just from being out there on the field, I'm in. For right now, though, I think him just being a rookie and maybe not being, you know, the easiest guy just to slide in and through wide receiver sets. I think the best years for Chenault will likely be uh, in the future past 2020. Uh, rounding out through wide receiver sets, Chris Conley, career high 16.5 yards per catch last season. Souped up athlete, and hey, I mean, this dude has been a part of Jaguars this last year, which, as I said, most efficient deep ball passing attack in football with Gardner under center. Two previous years, uh, Conley was enabling, uh, you know, Fully enabling, definitely just fully responsible for Patrick Mahomes reaching those uh, great heights and Alex Smith before him. So it is kind of comical how Conley has been this, you know, never a major part of these offenses. But, hey, the offenses with Chris Conley in them have been very efficient when thrown downfield. So I love the idea that Chris Conley is just, you know, the key to unlocking the league's top deep ball attacks as uh, comical and not true as that might actually be in reality. So quietly fun group of wide receivers here in Jacksonville. Don't really think we're going to see much uh, target share for the remaining tight ends. We do have Tyler Eifert in Jacksonville now. Dude stayed healthy all of last season and really not much happened with it. He caught that one Hail Mary against the Dol- against the Dolphins. He just wasn't used that much. I mean, they were so concerned about him getting hurt again. You know, C.J. Uzoma was constantly the number one tight end. I mean, the only week that the Bengals really used Eifert was right before the trade deadline when they were trying to get some extra reps on film and try to get a buyer. None emerged. Now he's in Jacksonville. I think we're going to see a similar situation with Josh Oliver, their uh, 2019 third-round pick. More or less being the C.J. Uzoma of this Jaguars offense. You know, a block first tight end that isn't going to be heavily involved in the passing game. Eifert will probably be the guy when they want to throw the ball more. Either way, as we saw last year for Eifert, probably not enough targets for him to do anything fantasy friendly, even if he somehow managed to stay healthy again. So, uh, fantasy rank verdicts on these guys. Gardner, yeah, I have him as my QB 20. Uh, One spot behind Roethlisberger, one spot ahead of Tannehill, Cousins, Jimmy G, those, uh, you know, later round run first quarterbacks. I would rather have Teddy, Cam, and uh, Burrow in terms of late round QBs, but Gardner's up there, and I have ended up with him on a good amount of teams. I mean, can't ask for a better just late round flyer at the position, especially if that rushing floor remains sticky from year to year. I also have Leonard Fournette as my RB20, one spot behind Montgomery, one spot ahead of Todd Gurley, also had a Le'Veon Bell. You know, he's just going more at that RB14-15 range. I'm taking guys like James Conner, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Melvin Gordon, David Johnson, and Chris Carson over Fournette, who, again, I just think those guys, they have a similar touch ceiling when you factor in the likelihood that Thompson steals a ton of pass-down work, and there's just so much risk with the front office. I am not reaching on Fournette in any fantasy draft this season. If he happens to fall to you in four or five, okay, great, go ahead, but do not reach on this dude. Uh, DJ Chark is my wide receiver, 19, one spot behind Mike Evans, one spot ahead of Devontae Parker. And it's just the more you look at it, it's like who is going to lead this Jaguars passing game, but sneaky, potentially good passing game in targets. It's clearly Chark. We need to treat him as the undisputed number one wide receiver that he is. Uh, next wide receiver I have is Didi, all the way down to wide receiver, 76. I don't don't draft him. You know, between him, Chenault, and Conley, really a mystery who becomes number two in this passing game. Eifert is my tight end. 34, again, wouldn't draft him either. I mean, that's he's like a best ball, tight end three, tight end four, dart throw at best. So Jaguars win total, 4.5. I mean, big time sheesh. 
This is tough. Anyone expecting them to win fewer than five? A little bit of a slap to Minshew, but man, I, I kind of find myself taking that under as well. I mean, this defense, we talk about the Panthers having the worst defense in the league. Jaguars, I think, need to be anyone's idea of that number two worst defense. I, I hope it's an entertaining tank that they're trying to do. And look, I, when I say tank, no football is too dangerous and too physical of a sport for players to go out there and do anything except give 100%. I don't think it, I think it's impossible for players to tank. If you go out there and give 75%, you're not going to have a job. They are playing for their jobs. They, you know, they, to put on the helmet and go play is ten times you know, harder and more risky than half the things that any other professional athletes do. So I would never disparage a team and imply that they are not giving their 100% all on game days. Now, the front office, I do think, is trying to put this team in a position to not win games this year, hopefully find their QB of the future if Minshew doesn't do his thing. If Minshew does do their thing, great, they got their quarterback. But I just think you look at the rest of the roster, the amount of guys they've allowed walk, the lack of resources they've kind of put put out there to bring in new pieces to make them competitive this year. Like, I was never on the Patriots were tanking page, but the Jaguars, I think the front offense – I think the front office is hoping for less wins than more wins in 2020. I hope I'm wrong. I have under four and a half wins for next year. Wouldn't put the mortgage on it or anything like that, but I do think the Jaguars look a lot like the worst team in the league entering 2020. So that has been your fantasy football team preview for the 2020 Jaguars. Thank you for listening and take care, everybody.